Hello, Silvertown. Welcome to the Silvertown Podcast. Let's jump on that silver train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. So today, this morning, um, we get to do a follow-up with Melancholy Cat. Melancholy Cat, how's it going? Oh, I'm uh, I'm okay, I guess. So-so, hanging in there. You're better today than you were yesterday, it looks like. Yeah, it's um, it's some rough days, um, to be honest. But I'm, I'm better today than I was yesterday, at least. So I saw on your post that you were like, because, uh, uh, well, let me do a quick shout out to like, was SobertownPodcast.com that uh, to go to the website, we have Todd's blogs on, on the website. We have it, we've renamed it Sobriety Tools, where you can get in there and there's toolboxes. So, and then SobertownPodcast.com has all of the episodes that we put up. And then you can find all the podcast episodes on all the podcast players, Spotify, Podbeam, Apple Podcasts. Um, and then a shout out to IAS and all the people at IAS. And so you put a post up yesterday on IAS. Yeah. And that's where we got sober, both of us. And that's where we've met. Was on IAS. Indeed. Yes. So what was going on in your mind yesterday? Um, it's hard to explain, really. I just, you know, I, it goes up and down uh, on this journey. Um, I've been having some, some good days, actually, um, some successful moments lately. And then all of a sudden, this, you know, the thoughts of, of drinking just came crawling back to me. And the addict voice, the wine, which whatever I want to call it, um, came crawling back. And I could, you know, feel her calling for me. And I just, you know, it just began on, on my way home from, from work. And because that, I would usually drink when I got home from work and I just, you know, driving on the highway, listen to music and then, oh man, it, I could have a beer when I, when I got home. Just like the old days, I've been doing so well, uh, it wouldn't hurt anything, you know, all that shit we uh, tell ourselves when, uh, when we think we're doing okay. And it just stuck with me. Um, well, in your post, you mentioned um, at least you could be happy for a moment. That's what that voice was telling you. Yeah, yeah, because you know, then it then it stuck with me, and then I began to feel more and more miserable. Um, just you know, falling down this black hole again. I've been de- dealing with depressions and anxiety for years, so I just went into this black hole, and you know, I was just thinking, well. When I drank, at least I could be happy for, you know, a few hours when I drank, or maybe even just 30 minutes. And I know it was, it, it would be a, a fake sort of happiness, but at least it would be a, a sort of, of happiness instead of just being miserable all the time. So the addict was tries to convince me that it's better to be fake happy than to be miserable well and it's also like i've been i've been going over a a few books uh which was the biology of desire is one with mark lewis and he 
he talks about this attic voice is actually all these neurons firing in our brain. And it's, um, it has access to all of you. It has access to your goals. It has access to, I mean, it, it can make you break out sweating on your way home. That's how powerful this one pathway is in our mind. And it controls our desires. Would you say that it was like, that's an emotion that you were feeling was a desire to, to drink again? Yes, it was. A very strong desire to, to, to get that bus and to, you know, just feel the alcohol, you know, pour down my throat and, you know, all the way through my body and up yeah, and the, to, to the brain. I, I just missed that feeling. The attic of, of voice the has control over that too. To where it it can literally put those thoughts and feelings. Wow, man, I remember the taste. I remember the feeling. I remember the rush. That's how powerful it is. So you're driving home and you're like getting flashbacks, man. It's really just like pouncing on you, huh? Yeah. When did you write the post? During the morning or in the afternoon? Uh, It was um, early afternoon. Early afternoon yesterday. You know what? The first thing that you did was you reached the first thing that you did. You just didn't drink, right? You just didn't drink and bam, that's huge. Boom. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. huge. <laughs> so then the second thing that you did was you got on IAS, you created a post, you wrote it down. Did that help? Yeah, it, it, uh, it, it helps a lot, you know, just, you know, Getting it out, you know, writing, journaling—it's—it's it's like an open journal um, to me, and and that's that's a big step, and it's it's sort of you know like a therapy for me to to write on there and getting my thoughts and feelings and emotions out. So that's the first step, and and then all all the replies, um, I'm literally overwhelmed and so humbled. Um, by all the the response I get, you know, I think I have more than than fifty replies there. So, and, and they were not just that, like little replies. I saw no. because I didn't find out. Look, melancholy cat. Somebody got a hold of me and said, "Check out melancholy cat." He put a post up, and and it was later on. I I guess it was late when I messaged you last night on Telegram. That's how this community works. Somebody actually messaged me to my phone and said, check Melancholy's post out. And I read it. You didn't just have like little responses of encouragement and and a a way to fight your way out of it. You had uh, some really, some people that really got in there and were really giving you great advice. Yeah, very long, very heartfelt and wonderful, wonderful replies. Every single one of them, I I treasure this this community so so deeply, and I'm not even sure I would be sober today if if it wasn't for for the IAS community. Well, I can tell you, I I would I wouldn't be because I crawled when I found IAS Melancholy Cat. I was looking. My wife told me to uh, there was a pill that they said came out, and I was looking on on the internet reading reviews about the pill and there was somebody gave the pill a one star and they said i was better off 
staying in IAS than taking this pill. And I'm like, what the hell is IAS? And I found it. I found the app. I crawled in there, virtually crawled in there. And three, the last three years, I've been trying to get sober. I could not get sober. I couldn't even go a day. I, I yeah, relapsed a couple of times. And then this community plugging in, writing posts, all of a sudden I, I woke up one day and I said, I'm done and I'm going to get sober. And then that was June 2nd. So I couldn't have got sober without the app. Without no, the me neither. So you get all these replies. You're seeing these replies. What are you feeling? Does the attic voice still have, because when you're on your way home, you're probably almost breaking out in sweat because that desire is just overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow. And you but, made it home. Yeah. Yeah, I made it home. And I also had this uh, therapy session um, yesterday. Um, but yeah, I made it home. And, and then I, I start reading all these re replies. And then, yes, it, it, it does calm the, the attic voice down or, or make, make the wine which shut up for... Um, for a while it's it's definitely a help I, I i have literally no words for how how much it means to me to um, to read all these replies and, and get all this this love and and support i'm so i'm all, pretty all, confident that, yeah all of that actually really like because that voice is still there it's you still there but it's just not as loud huh it's not as loud you can probably even feel it. It's probably there a little bit today, I'm sure. Because there's like it's resonance. It's still there. It, yes, it's, it's still there. It's still there. But you you got out of work. You got to your therapist session. You made it home. Um, and you just didn't drink. I didn't drink. So when I first saw you on here, the first questions I asked you, how do you feel this morning? And you were like, well, and I'm like, well, do you, did you feel any guilt, shame, or remorse? And you didn't, did you? No, I didn't. I did. I felt like crap. I felt like physically, I felt like I was hungover. I was, I was tired and I had a headache and I was just, you know, I just feel sick. I had slept like, like hell, but I didn't I, feel any guilt or remorse because I didn't drink. And I think that addict voice, I mean, that emotion, that's emotion, desires a powerful emotion, powerful. I mean, the things that men do with desire, how it drives them to do crazy things in their lives is, is insane. And then it just leaves you drained, man, physically, mentally, emotionally, going through something like you did yesterday. I mean, it just had to, to have been really draining. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I, I, I really pushed through at work today. So, yeah, it's been a rough day, and you know how how I used to deal with with these days because you know I have been in this endless circle for for years. So you know, I've also had to decide to drink today because you know, rough day, tired. That makes me. You know, think of alcohol and, and just have a few drinks to wind down when I got home. So the attic wise is still there. And the so, desire to drink is, is still there. As, what as what are you like? 70 something days today, right? Uh, 71, yeah. 
from what I've been reading in this, these books about the brain, we've learned habitual, these habitual habits that we've learned with drinking, they're embedded in our mind. And it's, it's not just like saying, no, I'm not going to drink again. We have to retrain our brain and we need success to do that. And we have to remove the alcohol to do it. You have a lot of wins right now with your winning, you're, you're retraining your brain, your brain, that little gremlin was up in your head yesterday, pulling every lever, pushing every button. And I put posts up th- about this before. And after studying uh, what I'm, I've been reading about the brain, I didn't really know what I was talking about, just what goes on in my head. And it's so friggin' accurate that you literally almost have like this little gremlin up in your head, pulling levers, pushing buttons, manipulating you, increasing your desires to get you to drink. It takes a while of, of rebuilding new pathways to, to where to quiet that voice down. You have success. You should be really proud of yourself today. Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. I know, you know, a, a, a part of me I am. Um, and it's, it's really important that you reinforce to, to your brain. Your, you do it that I beat you. I did it and I can do this again. And then acknowledge all the benefits that you had through your success. You didn't even have to go to your, you're dealing with freaking high school kids. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that alone makes somebody want, you know, can turn somebody to uh, booze, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. If you you had someone like me, I don't know if recovery would help you. (laughs) No, not sure about that. I, I just, I'm really excited for you today, Melancholy Cat, because I, you're on your way. It, it takes a lot of work and it takes, just like I've talked about with the type, learning how to type. You have to, you know, keep putting your hands back on the keyboard. And that's what you did by pushing through. Yeah. And I, I congratulate you. And this is what you're doing. Thank you. You're teaching other people that they can do it too. Because there may be somebody that when once we get this up, uh, Melancholy Cat is driving home. And this just happened with Imus recently. Somebody heard Imus' story and they were driving home and it, and they wanted to stop. And they didn't. And they and, she, and this lady got, got home. And that's how important these stories are. Yeah. And then you were able to um, finish the night off uh, fairly uh, normal with your wife, you know, you went to bed and then, and you woke up kind of like feeling like crap and you still went to work, but at least there was no shame, guilt, remorse, remorse or regret. Yeah. That's a nice way of seeing it. It really is. <laughs> well, I, I think that we have to, we have to find the positives yeah. and because that addict voice isn't going to remind you of those things. It's no. gonna. It's no. in fact, it's gonna try to leave you feeling like, oh shit! I woke up this morning. I feel like shit. I should have had that drink. That's where it's gonna try to take you. Yeah, yeah. But you you can't right. let it. So I wanted to go back because we kind of missed some of this on your your first episode. You went to a three day seminar. Yeah, uh, this three day seminar in. Um... In another part of the country, I had to drive two hours uh, to get there and obviously stay there for 
for three days. Um, and you know, my in, in my profession, when when these sort of seminars, you know, there's always very good food and wine with with dinner, and sometimes free bar, and that would be free bar after dinner, and you know, wine, you know, just what's the, what's the English words when you you know the waiters just get will just keep keep filling up your your glass basically. And, you know, usually at these kind of conventions, I would, you know, get smashed, maybe not at dinner, but I would, you know, take my part of, of the wine with the dinner. I would go to the bar if it's there, and then I would have, have brought some, some wine along because I, I, I would always be, you know, the kind of uh, drinker that would, you know, not get shit-faced in front of other people, but you know, usually get shit-faced alone. So I would I would hold, hold back as long as I, I was, you know, with other people, and then I would go drink alone in my hotel room. So, you know, having these having to go to this convention obviously made me think, well, maybe I, I, I could take a break from sobriety, you know, just what happens there stays there. I could just go and no one would know. My wife wouldn't know. I would just have some wine with the dinner. I could bring a bottle of wine in my hotel room. And that attic voice just really tried to convince me to, to do that. And it was also the first time I would be, you know, away from home since I've gotten sober. So I was kind of anxious to go to see if, if, if I could, you know, control myself if, if I could not drink. Um, but I didn't drink. Um, and it wasn't really that, that difficult. You know, when the waiters, you know, just came out, came, you know, filling out the glasses of wine, they just, you know, held my hand up and say, said, no, thank you. And they offered me alcohol-free wine. So very nicely, very dis discreetly, they just, you know, they kept filling my glass with alcohol-free wine. So. I mean, it wasn't difficult. That was, you know, I had expected to to crave the real thing and be envious of the others, but I didn't feel any of that. I was, it was fine. It, it was nice. And when when the free bar uh, opened after dinner, I just said, "Well, I'm calling it a day." And I went to my room and had some cup of tea and, and went to bed sober. I, I think I know what happened with you on this, why it wasn't so bad because you planned, you planned this. You knew that you were going in into the devil's den. You know, you knew what would happen if you took a drink and where it would, you act like, Oh, I'm not drinking. I'll just have a couple in front of everybody else. And then you light it up when on your own, but you put posts out on IAS and you started making yourself accountable. Before yeah, you went yeah, there. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You were talking about success before you even went there. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I did. So, and we can do that. We could set, you literally set yourself up for success. You let everybody know um, what was going to happen and what your plans were. And that you were going to try to push through. And if I remember right, you were like day day 50. I mean, that was going to, that was your yeah. day 50, wasn't it? 
Yes, it was. Night. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah, you remember this, these things better than I, I do. <laughs> I, you know, just some of these things just really stick with us, with other people, because you see their struggles, and I, I really paid attention to that because I knew that you were going into a bad situation, and a lot of us are praying for you on, on you know, outside looking in. Because when it comes down to it and you're in the arena, Melancholy Cat, all we can do is help you and give you information. But when the battle, when it comes sword to sword and you're fighting, it's your, you have to fight it. Yeah. You set yourself up for success by posting and letting everybody know that this was going to be happening. Then the next day you were able to share your success with everybody, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. <laughs> and for us too. <laughs> Obviously. And for you guys too. Yeah. Right. We're like a bunch of cheerleaders on the, we're virtual cheerleaders on the sidelines. Yeah, that's lovely. Rooting for, but we do it for each other. Right. And, yeah, right. and it's just a way, man, it's just a really cool. That's so much like IAS. And that's why I like to talk about it. I there's I don't know of another community that is like IAS. And I know there's I know of other sober communities out there, but IAS is just unique. The camaraderie and it definitely is a it's a village and it's a tight community. And yes, it is. And then there's then there's like there's always like like sibling squabbles and stuff like that. <laughs> but that's life too, right? I mean, that's just yeah, right. And not only that, we're a melting pot of different cultures. Uh, different personalities uh, with different concepts and different theories and ideas of how we should get sober. And sometimes they clash, but iron sharpens iron. And in the end, we just keep growing. So that was a three-day seminar. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I got through it and I even got to talk about, you know, being sober because you know there's these other you know guys around me you know wanted to say hey cheers uh, thanks for a, a good day and it just bursted out of me well i'm not drinking and um, <laughs> well and you weren't gonna not? mention you weren't gonna mention that were you no i, I you know I, I had decided i had prepared this conversation in my head but you know it it didn't really go as, as planned because then it's just well i just had I have been having to make a decision not to drink. I think I said something along the lines of that. And I think I just said, well, fuck it. Yeah, I've, I've had a problem, so I've had to quit. And it actually felt good saying that, you know. Um, they were strangers anyway, but, you know, it, 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 it just felt good sitting there and just not not being ashamed, you know, just breaking the, the taboo and just, you know, this is, this is me and I'm not ashamed. I'm kind of proud actually to, to having, you know, admitted to myself that I have a problem and done something about it. So I just said, well, I don't drink. And I told them why I don't drink. So. Wow. That's powerful. Cause these are colleagues in the same, uh, they're, they're teachers too, right? Yeah, they teach us too from, from other, other schools. Brene Brown, and I, I mentioned this a lot, and I just had, I did something with my sister last night, and I mentioned it. Brene Brown talks about when you expose shame, when you expose whatever it is that you're ashamed of, and you bring it out in the light, it cannot exist. It can't survive. 
And maybe that's what, maybe that's what, what felt good when yeah. you told them <clears throat> was that shame uh, yeah, was exposed, so. yeah. which only gives you more power. Now you can, now you can walk mm -hmm. somewhere and you can just be a lighthouse, right? Walk <laughs> yeah, <in>. right. <laughs> like, man, turn down that light, man. That guy's bright. What, what's he got? <laughs> Right. I got sobriety. Yeah, right. That's what I got, man. Yeah. Try some. It's really good shit. Yeah. <laughs> you did your three days there. You made it back. And then right after that, you did a, a trip to Paris. Yeah. Uh, I, I barely got home and I barely unpacked. And uh, then I had to go on this, you know, study trip, you know, with, with, um, with a class of mine. But two classes in in all actually. Uh, so we were um, four teachers to well, they fifty five students, twenty nine of them my own. Uh, to Paris on a bus trip it took eighteen hours to get there, but it was worth it. Um, but one hell of a, a bus ride. So eighteen hours one way. Eighteen um, hours one way. That's fifty nine people in a bus. And the bus, bus was too small. And yeah, the, the travel agency made a, a major fuck up. So the bus was too small and a few people had to fly home. But yeah, anyway. Oh, poor them. Like, I, yeah, yeah, poor them. them. Yeah, they, they took one for the team there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're dealing with 18 hours one way with high school students. Yeah. These must be really amazing students too, huh? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, they are. I, 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 I adore my students. They are, they are wonderful. I, I wouldn't be in this profession if I, if I didn't like them, obviously. Well, and if I was the, in your class, you probably would have wanted to be a carpenter. No. <laughs> but the good thing about teenagers, they're, they're tired a lot and they, they sleep a lot. So oh. it, it was actually a, a, quiet, a quiet bus ride. Nice, nice. Yeah. So you got to Paris. I got to Paris, you know, this, you know, the city of lights, uh, and it is as beautiful as, as people say, it was my first time there. And, you know, obviously I, I, I had the same thoughts because before I went to the three day seminar, what happens in Paris stays in Paris. I could have a beer with my colleagues at dinner. Um, and, you know, all, all the rest of it. But you you kept IAS in your pocket. Uh, yeah, I kept IAS in my pocket. And as with the seminar, I told people I'm going to Paris and I'm afraid I'm going to drink, you know, to also to, to hold myself accountable and set myself up for success. You did. Yeah. I Two did. times in a row. And both of them in your 50-day Yeah, around 50 line. days, yeah. 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 So I went to Paris and, and you know, again, I just... I just didn't order any, any, any beer, any alcohol. You know, at you know when, at night when the students went one way and the teachers went the other way, and to, to do our own things and sat down before us, us teachers, and I, I think two of them ordered uh, a, a beer uh, along with the dinner, and I just, I just had a glass of lemonade and. Again, I had prepared this this conversation, but I only think it it, it was just it was a, a few days in before the other teachers even asked me. Uh, so you're not drinking? 
And then I just said, uh, well, no, I decided not to drink. Um, and I was asked for, well, for how long? And I just said, well, a couple of months. And the discussion ended there. There was no further questions. Um, so, you, you know, people you sit with are different. Some people just, you know, don't have this, that filter of how much can I ask into this person I don't really know that well. Yeah. So at the, at the convention, I was sat in front of a guy who just asked, well, do, do you have a problem or something? Um, <laughs> oh, I think that's, that, yeah, but you know, my, my colleagues here, that, that, that was just the end of it. And, and, and that was good because, you know, I, I think it, it would have gotten a bit too, you know, private because I'm seeing these people every day. So I wouldn't have felt that comfortable opening up so right and then from the the rest of your life they're watching you in the mornings to see if you got a hangover right yeah right yeah <laughs> so but you were there uh, a week yeah yeah i think five nights um oh five nights a day traveling up five nights and a day traveling back yeah yes exactly yeah that's a long time it's a long time. Um, That's two yeah. huge successes right there, Melancholy. Yes, it is. It was only until the last night, and I think I talked about that on my previous episode, that it was only until the last night that I, I actually got any any cravings. Then the, the, the atmosphere of being in Paris, you know, this beautiful, beautiful city and lovely people and lovely food. Then I just, I, I really wanted a drink that night it was just you know the whole every cell of mine just wanted wanting to wanted to to have a drink there i pushed through i reached out again i wrote to i had some very very wonderful friends on, on whatsapp uh, i reached out to them and i reached out on on discord too uh, i think so so you've also built you a network outside of ias which i've done yeah. too yeah. To help keep yourself accountable. Yes, to keep myself accountable, and you know, they have to, it. It has to, you know evolved into very genuine friendships, and I love them dearly. You know who you are listening. Um, so that means a lot too. Like I don't know any of you, and I'll tell you what. In my life, I've been a loner, and I've never really melt melted with that many people in my life at all and i have met more amazing people in the last 16 months that i've never met that have helped me more in my life than i can just remember any relationships like this ever being so cool where i trust there's a, a trust level here and trust is huge to where here we are all over the world you're in denmark right now Denmark, yeah. I'm in Glendale, Arizona. That's amazing, it, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. And we're able to encourage one another wherever you go. It, it doesn't matter if you go to Paris or I go to Las Vegas. I don't know which one's more fun. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I think Paris is more fun. But we don't have to drink in either place. No. And we, we have a, a support that we can use to get through it. So did your desire that night you know, this is what I just learned 
because there's a lot of talk you hear that alcohol activates your pleasure centers and that's what we're seeking pleasure and i was listening to dr mark lewis and he it's even more insidious than that because it's desire it's not pleasure is just like the the cherry on top he says Mm. kind of the whipped cream on top it's the desire is the driving force and it's desire what is our goal setting type you know you get a desire you got a goal and like i saw my wife i'm like who is that girl i got this desire to meet her and bam we're married we got all these kids right desire is powerful yes it is that last night with your with the cravings that hit you because the, the vo- that voice is loud, louder sometimes than other. Was it as loud that night as it was what you had yesterday? I don't think it was as loud as uh, it was yesterday because, yeah, I was around my, my colleagues and I, I had already told them uh, I don't drink. So how would it have looked if I had ordered a beer then? That was one thing that that kept me from it, actually. I also had this, well, I can just call it a night, say I'm tired, and then just find another bar or just buy, find a a supermarket um, and have some in in my hotel room. I had all these schemes, you know, planned out, uh, as I said there. But I think it was worse. It was definitely worse. um, Last night, because, you know, the circumstances were with different well here's my question with that what are you doing different now than you did then because you set yourself up for success then what's what's changed um i'm not sure maybe i don't follow you all the way here but you you set yourself to be accountable okay i'm going on this trip and i'm going to be going back in the devil's den, all this stuff. And I'm, I'm afraid to drink. And then, so you put yourself out there and you're accountable. It's almost like we got to do that every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get it now. Yeah. And if we don't, if we don't do it every day, that little sneaky bastard gets in our head. And the next thing you know, you're driving home and it's all over you. You feel it through your whole body. You can taste it. You can smell it. I mean, it just activates all these senses. Mm. So maybe that's what I would, you know, how are you waking up? Are you like acknowledging every day that you wake up how great sobriety is? Yeah, on my on my good days, I do that. You know, when I fall into this, this hole and this, you know, circle of, of bad days, having, you know, feeling sad, feeling miserable, I'm... I guess I'm not good enough to to do to do that and and be nice to myself and and remembering to to be proud. I'm I'm, I'm definitely not not good enough. Well, I mean, you're not you're you're we're all learning because mm. we don't know how to do this, and that's something that I've I've been practicing myself. Regardless how I feel, there's one thing that I always keep in front of me, and that's like. I didn't want to wake up and kill myself today. I literally woke up every day from a blackout wanting to kill myself. The, the shame, the grit, the remorse, and wanting to die. So that's one of the first things I acknowledge when I wake up. And I try to what 
if there's anything that I'm doing during the day, I keep trying to acknowledge it because I'm setting myself up to get through the day. I'm setting myself up for success. And, and sometimes we just have to keep moving right before us because we're over here looking at the big picture. Oh man, I got this 3D event coming up and I got to be prepared for that. But then we forget to think about those, those just daily living. Yeah, the daily, daily living, definitely. Yeah. And with us, I just went through like four and a half months where I, I really went through a struggle mentally. It was really difficult for me, Melancholy Cat, because I became aware that the alcohol has gone out of my life and I'm still doing these same, I still have these same behaviors and it just slammed me. I'm like, man, I can't, I can't win. This shit's kicking my ass. It's not the alcohol, it's me. And it just threw me into, it just was really difficult to get through. And it took yeah, me- Yeah, that's what I'm feeling, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 70, uh, 71 days, 72 maybe days in. Why am I not feeling better? <laughs> you know, they said sobriety was fun. Uh, they said it would be wonderful. Why am I still feeling miserable? You know, um, it's kind of discouraging and I just, yeah. It makes you feel a bit, you know, like, well, fuck it. I'm miserable anyway. And that's where you were yesterday. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't look back at the fun that you have been having because th that voice just wants to tell us, oh, well, you're better off just going back. But when I look back about my past days, everything's better. Everything in my life is better. My relationships with my wife, my kids, my family, the new relationships I bit, built on IAS. Wow. And it's really easy. I was literally like doing one breath at a time. And it's not that I wanted to, I just, to me, drinking is not an option anymore because I'm not going back. I'm just not going back. But getting through that shit was really difficult, man. You know, it, we sometimes we just have to plug right back, whatever we got to do during the day to um, set ourselves up for success, even if we feel like shit, Right. Yeah, and, and then, you know, I hear a lot of my friends talking about this, you know, gratitude and, you know, remembering what, what am I thankful for today? I really need to stick, to, to stick with that and, um, and remind myself to do that every day because, you know, when I, when I get in these, you know, loops of, of bad days, I'm, I don't remember what I'm thankful for. You know, the, the attic voice is, is so strong. Um, so that's definitely something I have to, to work on. You know, gratitude, remembering my whys. Um, well, I think it's essential, Melancholy Cat, because you're building a pathway. Yeah. And your old pathway, is, it's still pretty strong. And the new pathway is still under construction. And if you don't put reinforcing girders up and everything else to reinforce that new pathway, rebar and the concrete, whatever you got to do, your new pathway is going to crumble. So it's, it's the gratitude part. It's essential. It's essential yes, it to acknowledge what's going on and your, yes. your successes, because every time the addict voice wants to remind you how great it was, you can see bullshit. That's a lie. It's, really great now because of this this and this 
And it's like, that's the, the cognitive dissonance. We can win. And you know what the cognitive dissonance is? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And for those that don't know it, that's, that's the argument we have between our conscious and our unconscious minds. And the way a lot of people get sober is they quiet. Uh, they get the two minds to agree, the, the conscious and the unconscious. And that's one way to do that is build new pathways. But you, you got to pour the concrete, man. And that's acknowledging the good shit that comes it out is. of you. It is. Where are you at today? Um, I'm still pushing through um, a little bit better than, than yesterday, but I'm, I'm not out of the woods yet. But um, I'm getting there. And just, you know, having this conversation has actually helped a lot. I, I, I feel hope better so. now. I feel better now than I did an hour ago. This is very I, inspiring. It's, it seems like I've been sitting here with you for like 10 minutes because it's gone yeah. so, so fast because it's a really important conversation. And I love talking about sobriety. And that's another reason that really, well, I literally do not have cognitive dissonance in my mind now. I don't, there's not. That's amazing. But if by reading Mark Lewis's book, The Biology Desire, I see what I've done. I've taken my, my addict, my, my goal used to be my addiction. And I've turned that around in my mind and now my goal is my sobriety. So my goals have changed. And when you change your goals, your brain is built to where the, the goal that isn't in front of you just kind of starts fading off, right? So like when, yeah. when addiction took over your life, the things that were important to you, your job, your spouse, and all these things, when addiction took you over, consequences, all that stuff started fading away because your addiction was so powerful. So now you're drinking and driving, you're lying to your spouse. None, nothing's imp your goal is addiction. In order to turn it around, it's just like the story. What what you feed is so true, right? The what you feed is yeah, the right. what that's going to win the battle, is going to win the fight. As you start to feed your sobriety, these are huge wins for you, melancholy cat. Yeah, these are huge wins. Yeah. Going to that seminar was a huge win. Going doing this Paris trip was a huge win. And you know, maybe driving home yesterday was even a bigger win than both of those put together. I'm yeah. serious. Because it got yeah, you, cool. it got you when you were like, it got you when you're down. And then it started kicking mm. you. Oh man, I'm gonna be your best friend. I'm gonna help you out. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's what she says, the wine witch. Yeah. Oh, look. You only need 20 minutes. I'll make you feel good for 20 minutes and you'll be fine. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. The consequences for that 20 minutes, they're endless. Yeah. Heavy, I, know. Heavy. I, know. I mean, then you got to look at your wife. You got to look at your high school kids. You got to look at the fellow teachers that they don't even know, but you, you got to look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's a, that's what really matters, you know. Um, I also said, you know, as I, as I said, I, the addict was told me when I went to Paris and that seminar, you know, your wife wouldn't know oh, yeah. right there. Yeah, but I would know. That's You would know. I would know, yeah. And your, your friends at IAS would know because we got a phone tap on you. Yeah, and I would have to reset. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and 
And that's by doing all of that, that was setting yourself up for success. I, yeah. I'm sober. I'm becoming my authentic self. I don't want to lie to my wife. I don't want to reset. I want to be, I want to show people that there is a way out because not only are you finding your way out, melancholy cat, you're actually helping other people find their way out. And that's where the magic is. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy if, uh, if, if, if I help other people. By, oh, by you're going to, yeah. you're going to today because you, you getting home yesterday was probably the biggest hurdle that you ha had. And look, you got home yesterday and you can get home tomorrow or you got home today. You can get home tomorrow and you can keep getting home. The yeah. more you get home, the quieter that voice is going to get because it's going to be like, oh shit, I can't fuck yeah. with melancholy cat today. <laughs> He's on his way home. Yeah, shit. right. Yeah, right. I guess I'll try to get him at another event. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, congratulations, my friend. Like I told you before, I want to kind of follow you and we'll have you yeah. on here more. And then, yeah, cool. I'm on it. And then the same with, we don't want to just talk about when you go through shit. We want to talk about how well you're doing, how well you're thriving in your sobriety, because yeah, I think I that's, that. yeah. And up until what, you've only had a couple of miserable days, right? How many miserable days yeah. have you had out of 71 days? Uh, I haven't counted actually. I've, you know, right now I'm still in the, in the middle of, of the misery. So I've, I feel like I've been miserable forever, but you know, realistically, <laughs> well, I guess it's 50, 50, I've, I guess. A 50, 50. That's yeah. when that's winning because when you were drinking every fucking day, it was miserable. Yeah, I know. Um, I read somewhere that, you know, someone said that, you know, my, how did it go? You know, my worst day is sober is still, you know, better than my every, every single drinking day. Yeah, 10,000, I'd say that too, yeah. 10,000 10, times better, a million days better. Yeah. Even when I was going through my four and a half months of bullshit this last time, I still woke up without the, the, the shame, the guilt, the remorse and wanting to die. That's better a thousand percent, right? Yeah. Melancholy Cat, so we'll close this down now. Thank yeah, you so cool. much. I hope you well, feel thank better. You. I do. This has been very inspiring and, you know, I've definitely been, been cheered up. So, so thank you for having me. I want me you to again. go outside. I want you to put that attic voice in your soccer ball and I want you to kick that thing as far as you can kick it, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. I'll do that. <laughs> maybe okay. not, uh, maybe like, a, you know, metaphorically. Metaphorically. But, yeah. Okay. Right. So thank you very much, Melancholy Cat. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. This is Sobertown Podcast. And uh, remember, pour the poison down the sink. See you later, Melancholy Cat. Yeah, see ya. <laughs>